This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue, with 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you'll really, really love. Grilling with pellets. Green Mountain Pellet Grills are the top of the line, best of the best, but not the highest in price. And be sure to check out all of their flavor rubs, sauces, and pellets for the Green Mountain Grill all on their website. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to peruse the entire product's portfolio. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets. Two-thirds oak, one-third flavor wood, giving you that perfect combination of BTU burn and sweet, succulent smoke you're looking to get all over your meat. A wide variety of flavors, so please go to the website to check it out and get yours today. Barbecuer's Delight, which is bbqrsdelight.com. And by JP Custom Smoke, a competitive barbecue team out of Wichita, Kansas, manufacturing the highest quality barbecue rubs on the market today. Looking to increase your competition scores? Looking to get the hearty high fives and hand clasps at the neighborhood barbecues? Look no further than JP Custom Smoke. In the market for a high-quality offset wood-burning barbecue pit, JP Custom Smoke has years of experience building high-quality, fully customizable, and extremely fuel-efficient barbecue pits. Visit jpcustomsmoke.com for more information. This is Renny Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. The show that talks about 
All things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do it one of two ways. It's a toll-free phone call, as always, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are your two bits of contact information. Everything else about the show can be found at the website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Dot com. All right, here's what's happening on the show. In case you didn't get the newsletter, by the way, you can get that over at the homepage as well. Plop in an email address and get sent out that newsletter at 4 p.m. each Tuesday before the show airs. 14 past the hour and about 13 minutes from now. Mark Lambert, sweet swine oh mine, winner of this year's Memphis in May World Barbecue Championship. We'll recast that. 35 past the hour finds monthly guest Derek Riches, bbq.about.com. And then we'll move into the second hour. Mar- uh, Meathead Goldwyn, ladies and gentlemen. Meathead reprising his monthly segment. Although it'll still be one segment. We're not back to the full hour of meat. But some meat better than no meat. Especially if you are not a vegetarian. No meat better than some. So 10.14 is MeatheadAmazingRibs.com. And then uh, 10.35, Brad Orson, the shed. The head shed head will be joining us to talk about their... Win in whole hog this past weekend. So there you go. Big time show jam packed. Eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot uh, com. Uh, right now, blast off an email if you could for me for your guy. Hook up your boy. Facebook post it, tweet it out. Whatever you do, social media wise, let everybody know that the show's on. That you're watching it. We have a great agenda plan for this evening. If they want to watch it on the video side, hook up this link, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Or if you know they can only do it audio-wise, send them to the homepage, TheBBQCentralShow.com, and have them pick their player from there. You can also listen to the show on your smart device. Go to the App Store, download TuneIn Radio, T-U-N-E, TuneIn Radio, and then search BBQ Central, and you're off and streaming just like you would be if you are at a computer or regular radio in your car or however you do it. Also, don't forget, you can catch this show video-wise live on Roku as well. If you have a Best Buy by you or really any electronic store, they should be able to carry some kind of a Roku unit. Worst case scenario like I did, Roku.com, R-O-K-U. That's a very fun way to consume the show. You can sit there and watch it right on your big screen television, and you don't have to uh, suffer through the small computer screens. Now, if you're watching through Outdoor Cooking Channel, as I've said the last number of weeks, I just want to make sure, I believe there is also a notifier on the bottom left of the viewer that says, you know, if you can't see or if you have trouble viewing, uh, update to the newest Flash Player version that you can get. Don't assume that you're just up to date. Get out to the Adobe. uh, Make sure that you are up to date so you can get all the viewing succulents from Outdoor Cooking Channel. All right, folks, first and foremost out of this, uh, thoughts and prayers with everybody in Oklahoma, what's happening out there. Obviously, I have some friends near and dear to my heart that are out there in Oklahoma as well. Uh, So far, so good for them, but lots of devastation going on in the great state of Oklahoma. So, you know, if we could pull together a centralites here tonight, we've done it before. We're doing the impromptu telethon type deal where we're going to be raising money specifically for Operation Barbecue Relief. They are mobilizing as we speak. They're going to be, I believe it's, uh, is it Edmonds, Oklahoma, that they're going to be going to? I mean, the devastation is out of hand. 
They're going to be mobilizing to get out there, feed the first responders, feed the people who have been displaced. Well, as I have set up an official PayPal account, which is the show email address, by the way, Greg, G-R-E-G, Greg, at the BBQ Central Show dot com. And uh, head on uh, head on over to your PayPal account and you can send money directly to that address, Greg, at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Also, uh, I don't know if somebody in the instant chat can do this or not. If you go to the Operation Barbecue Relief Facebook page, they do have a donation button right there uh, at the very top of the fold. It says donate. Click that. Go to donate. Click there directly. Uh, or again, you can do it through uh, the official PayPal address that I've set up for the show, which is greg at com. Sign up for a PayPal account or uh, you know however you want to do it. And uh, we can go directly. The, actually, let me see if I can't go and find where I had it linked up to. Uh, where's Bill at? Tom. Oh, I think I moved it back to the to the inbox. Right. Can I? I'm gonna see if I can't copy this. Copy link. Boom. Paste. All right. This should be the official. PayPal link. Uh, so if anybody wants to like uh, click on that, just double check it, make sure that that is exactly you know what's working. I would appreciate that, and then you know post that wherever you can. Uh, click on that link, make your donations right there in the instant chat. Pass it all around, however you want to do it. I would certainly appreciate that, uh, and I would like to see how much money that we might be able to raise during these two hours. Uh, again, all monies that we get through that PayPal address will be going to Operation Barbecue Relief and their efforts that are taking place in Oklahoma. Uh, Tim Bullard says it is working, so uh, go ahead. You uh, donate early, donate often. Donate early, donate often. Would love it. Uh, for instance, uh, you can donate like uh, Kathy Dusa has. You can donate as uh, B.J. Hoffman has. Fabulous. Also, you can donate just like Bobby Roberts has. Uh, well over $100 already. Well over $100 already, and uh, that is phenomenal. Uh, let me tell Mark I'm going to call him. I will call you, Mark. Boom. Mark is anxious to get in to talk. I can understand. He's a champion now, two-time world champion. Uh, so that's what we're doing impromptu-wise for uh, Operation Barbecue Relief. So, again, share the link however you can do it. Also, uh, a shorter version of that link. Thank you, big waiter. For shortening that link up, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't not work on the big side, Wayne. But thanks for shortening it up. That's what she said. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, let's see what we can do for these two hours. Let's see what we can do. Uh, I'll shout you out if you go ahead and, and donate. That would, be, uh, that would be fabulous. All right. Also, I did want to mention this. I want to remember just for a second, if I could, before we push off and really start getting into the meat. Uh, No pun. I want to remember John Willingham, a barbecue pioneer. Uh, Passed away, it'll be a week ago tomorrow, uh, from congestive heart failure. You know, previous to the barbecue fame that most of us know him for, you know, through the restaurants, through the rubs and sauces, the, the big wins at both Memphis and May and at the American Royal, 
He was also very prominent and active in his local government, Tennessee. He was actually a professional baseball player before all the barbecue fame took over. Probably about six years ago or so, I actually fielded a call from one John Willingham. And he invited me to come out to that year's Memphis in May. We talked for like 20 minutes on the phone, and I was asking him about you know, his background and you know, how he got so involved with the barbecue stuff and how he was able to be successful on the barbecue, uh, the rub you know, side of that business, sauce side of that business. He was like way more interested in my pathetic internet radio show and how I was doing it and you know, how I was doing social media and all. I mean, he was truly active in, in trying to learn about what I was doing, like taking an interest, which I couldn't believe. I'm talking to this legend and all he really wanted to do was talk to me and, and say, hey, I love the show. I love what you're doing for barbecue. I want to invite you out. Um, so, you know, I feel bad that uh, I actually didn't get out there. Obviously, now I won't get the chance to do that. Uh, so on this day, I want to uh, remember John Willingham. Johnny, this uh, succulent Lynchburg lemonade for you, my friend. Tell the ones you love. Mm. That's a good drink uh, for a, a true barbecue legend. So uh, remembering John Willingham as well. Um, and remember, you know, when was the last time you told your mom you love her? When was the last time you kissed your wife, kids, or whatever? The time is short. That time? Um, I just did it here. That wasn't placed, by the way. All right. Folks, let me tell you something. Next month, especially uh, ladies, if I could. Next month, Father's Day. Now, look, I understand and there's probably a better than 85% chance that your husband screwed it up for you on Mother's Day. What are you looking at? The best way to exact revenge on your husband who did not come through in the clutch for Mother's Day is to really turn it around on him and go for the Accutron Bowl of a watch. That's right. You're going to save 50%. You're going to buy him a world-class timepiece for considerably less money than you think you're going to be spending. Let me keep that first and foremost. You can, of course, peruse the inventory prior to purchasing by going to stephendefranco.com. That's Stephen DeFranco, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O. Go under the watches, go under the gentleman's watches. You know, he also has citizens. He also has a couple different lines of Bolivar watches. He, of course, has the cottage watch Philip and Company, which is succulent. All handcrafted, all numbered individually, made right here on the west side of Cleveland. I'm going to get one of those one day when I really hit it big. First big purchase. $3,000 watch. But ladies, once you've found this watch to really show him who the best of the Mother's Day, Father's Day contest is, you call Stephen directly. 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. And you say, hey Stephen, my husband really screwed it up on Mother's Day, but I really want to Stick it to him by getting a succulent bowl of a watch or Philip and Company or whatever. You know, Steve's going to ask you a bunch of questions. He's going to find out your needs. Of course, the budget. But it's all budget-friendly now because we finally know somebody in the industry. So, again, peruse the inventory, stephendefranco.com, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com. Call him, 440-943-2700, and then ask for Steve. He's the owner. Tell him you're a barbecue sister and you want the hookup. 
you listen to the show every week, you hear his ads that I'm reading every week, and that you like the fact that he supports the show, even though that he's a jeweler. It's all set from there. Always free shipping. Always an extended year of warranty on the watches. Always free engraving. Always free gift wrapping. Doesn't get any better than that. You visit him. I do all my jewelry business with Stephen. You should, too. StephenDeFranco.com, 440-943-2700. 440-943-2700. Stephen DeFranco, Barbecue Jeweler to the Stars. We're coming back with Mark Lambert and a lot more on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Hang on. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All righty. Back Adam, 440-9440. I'm about to give you my work cell phone number there. Oh, anybody do plastics around uh, 877-448-0433, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show, Greg, at the BBQ Central Show. My first guest tonight coming in off the heels of their big win this past week at Memphis and May World Barbecue Championship. Their second overall win, by the way, at this event. They took first place shoulder, which shot them into the overall finals where they stood head and shoulders above all the others that day. Let's go ahead and... Head over to the hotline as we try and forget the worst pun ever attempted. And uh, Mark Lambert, sweet swine of mine. Mark, how are you, buddy? Awesome. Yeah, I, is it just awesome or is it even more than awesome? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know that our feet have actually hit the ground yet, but uh, it's just starting to sink in just a little bit. So things are a little crazy and and in in uh, disarray at this point around the house. So <laughs> once you get once we kind of get uh, get caught up on all the emails and cleaning up, uh, maybe it'll sink in a little bit, and we can figure out how to how to move forward. <laughs> there you go, Mark Lambert joining us here on the show. Uh, you know, we'll get into this past weekend here in just a second, Mark. But I guess for the folks who might not know all about you and the team, can you give us a little background about you personally, where your passion for barbecue came, and and when you decided to jump into this competition deal? I started cooking uh, cooking barbecue. I knew nothing about even competition barbecue or barbecue at all, for that matter, other than just ribs on the grill. Grew up in southeast Oklahoma, but when I moved to Memphis, went to work for a, a, a telephone company, a cell phone company, and they did a, a lot of hospitality at Memphis in May, and I was a gopher, uh, just mainly because I got to get out of work. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I came to enjoy it, and then when times got tough, that was one of the first things they cut was the hospitality budget for Memphis in May. Uh, a few of us that were already hooked, we decided we wanted to keep doing it, so we sort of Sat down at a table one night and uh, decided we were going to change names and keep cooking. And and there were still, uh, I guess there were still three of us. They're original team members from 1995. Uh, we used to win uh, the Miss Piggy contest every year was our claim to fame because uh, we had quite the budget. But uh, uh, we worked and worked and worked. And I was I was never the, I wasn't actually the cook until about 2001 when we lost our head cook Jody Bryant. And uh, when we lost him. I took over as head cook and started trying to improve things, um, really for only from what I had learned and seen and what he had taught me. Um, I had no previous experience whatsoever with barbecue. My cooking passion came from my mother originally, 
and uh, all throughout college, I worked as a cook and as a, a server and a bartender and a you know back of the house manager in front of the house manager for a, a restaurant chain called Grady's Good Times Bar and Grill, and and that's where really my passion for food and cooking came from. Came from you know over and above that once I moved out of the house. Mark Lambert, pitmaster of Sweet Swine Oh My, the website S S O M D. Dot com if you want to check it out here while we're talking. All right, so let's have a look back at this magical weekend, Mark. When did you and the team load in to this event, and what kind of a process is it for you guys like just to get set up and ready to go? Well, normally it's not that bad. Uh, you load in one direction, and Tom Lee Park runs the length of you know the bluff of Memphis downtown, and um, you have to load in from the north and exit from the south. It's one way only, and typically you pull in. They give you a, a time slot to pull in, and they start with the teams that are on the further south end of the park, which are the shoulders. And uh, so we're first thing Saturday morning. Uh, we load in uh, from 7 to 11. We usually get there toward the end of our our uh, time slot so that the traffic is sort of moved out of the way a little bit. This year was a little different. It usually takes about an hour and a half to drop our trailers um, and sort of meet our uh, tent and flooring company that we rent our tent and flooring from and tell them you know, where we want everything, and then we can roll. Uh, we usually come back on Wednesday and start setting everything up, and we usually have some catering opportunities um, to help sort of fund our, our habit uh, on Thursday and Friday, and then, of course, Friday night and Saturday is a competition. But this year was a little different. Um, excessive amounts of rain, um, eight, nine inches of flowable mud in our cooking site when we arrived. Um, we arrived in our in line to load in at about, oh, I think about nine, right at nine o'clock. And we left the park at 530 uh, because every team had to be loaded in with a fork truck, with a, a big wheel, a big tire fork truck because of the, the massive amounts of mud. And we had to put down 200 pounds of lime to neutralize the smell uh, from Memphis and May. Um, the Music Fest really tears the park up. There's so much um, traffic in and out of there with equipment and trucks. And, and uh, th- there was so much rain and so much mud. There were 18-inch deep ruts in places of our site. It was mud everywhere. Uh, rental companies were driving back and forth through with their their um, ATVs, and it was just a mess. So every almost every team had to be loaded in with a forklift, and it took a lot of time. Yeah, sounds like an absolutely uh, suck event uh, as far as that's uh, <laughs> yeah. concerned, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Sweet Swine of Mine, well-known for the quality of the pork shoulder. You've won this whole contest one time before. Shoulder now four times in a row, right? Is it four times in a row? That- not in a row. We won uh, shoulder the first time in 2005. 2006, we were ninth place, I believe. 2007, we were second. 2008, we were first. 2009, we were first and, and overall grand champion in 2009. 2010, we were third. Uh, 2011, we were 13th. 2012, we were 11th. And then this year, first and overall again. There you go. So, I mean, what do you think you've done very well in the pork shoulder process? What do you think puts you over the top? comparative to some of the other teams that are cooking shoulder out there? Uh, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with our process. The best, you know, if you'll ask anyone what the best part of, of barbecue shoulder or, or barbecue Boston butt is, it's the bark on the outside. And our process, we take special care to ensure that the bark on the outside is far and above better than anything else out there. Um, you know, most teams have a process when the, they cook pork shoulder, they wrap it at 155 degrees very tightly yep. and sort of finish it in its own juices, right? Yep. Um, and then unwrap it, and they finish it with some sort of a glaze or a sauce. Um, when we we cook our whole pork shoulders 
to a very consistent temperature up to 155 degrees, the same thing. And usually that's about midnight on Friday, um, Friday night. But unlike a lot of other teams, we don't completely wrap in aluminum foil. We just lay a, a tent of aluminum foil over the top of the shoulders and just sort of tuck in on each side just to help preserve the color. And it keeps it from brazing its own juices and prematurely breaking down the membranes and the muscle groups inside the shoulder. And it preserves the integrity of the bark on the outside. So when we unwrap it, uh, when we, we set a glaze in, uh, on the outside of it, it's a superior bark on the, in flavor on the outside of the meat. Mark Lambert joining us here on the show. Sweet Swine on Mine recapping the big win last weekend in Memphis in May. Uh, Mark, when you're told that you're making the finals uh, or you're in the finals for shoulder, is it business as usual or do you guys you know, take a couple minutes and kind of enjoy that part of the contest? Well, we do. We, enjoy, we do enjoy that part of it. Now, after preliminaries, we always, we, because we've been lucky enough to have sort of to develop some uh, nuances about finals, uh, we've been lucky enough and we've kind of, we're a little bit superstitious. And it just so happened the first couple of times that we made finals, I wasn't in the booth. I was I was actually had a couple of beers in my hand and I was walking around, you know, watching other friends do their presentations, <clears throat> and I'd get phone calls. And the first time, uh, my phone was on vibrate, <laughs> so I wasn't interrupted during the presentation, uh, and it took forever for them to get a hold of me. So uh, since that happened the first couple of times, now after preliminaries, I grab a couple of beers and if I stay around very long, I get kicked out. <laughs> so th- just like every other time that we've been called for finals. I was uh, talking to my friend uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, Alex Renucci from Renucci's Big Butt Barbecue. And uh, I was talking to him, and we heard Rebel Roaster Review cheering right back behind him. And he said, oh, someone made finals. I said, oh, it's way too early. There's no way. It's usually at least uh, by the, you know, the first rib judge. And they hadn't quite finished the third hog judge. And he's like, oh, you know, somebody, I, what else? Why would this be cheering? And I was like, and then my phone started vibrating in my, my pocket. Uh. And I went, uh, I don't know. Hold on. My phone's ringing. And I pulled my phone out and I went, hold on. <laughs> and I answered the phone and they said, get down here quick. And I'm like, we made finals. He said, sometimes I don't like you very much. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, how many butts are you cooking at a contest? Uh, we cook whole shoulders and, um, we cook, uh, they're 23 pounds plus pre-trim, pre-cooked. Wow. Uh, they come from Compart family farms in uh, Nicolette, Minnesota. And we cook 10 of them. Wow, 10 whole shoulders during the contest. So, you know, you wind up against Big Bob Gibsons, who has also won this whole contest a few times as well. You know, somebody you're obviously very familiar seeing at this point in the contest and the finals part. Do you ramp it up for the next round of on-site judging at this point, or is it still like a business-as-usual attitude? Yeah, for the finals, when, when we get that call, we run back down. Well, uh, immediately after preliminaries, before I left, we took our final shoulders and pulled them out of our hot box, or our camera, if you will, uh, put them on the um, back on the grill and do our little bit of patchwork we have to do. Uh, set a, an initial glaze and then I leave. And I had specific instructions, you know, for uh, you know if if we didn't get a call before thirty minutes, uh, to go ahead and set another glaze on the preliminary shoulders and make sure that where the, the temperature was no higher than two hundred fifty degrees. And so immediately after preliminaries, we start preparing for finals, not knowing whether we're there or not. In 2010, uh, I got third place because I didn't do that. Um, I didn't think that I had the product to make finals in 2010. I left without um, without preparing for finals. We made finals, and I went from first going into finals to third in 2010. This year, I wasn't going to let that happen. Uh, immediately before I left, put shoulders back on the grill, started setting the first glaze. So when I came back, 
I had time to set two more glazes, and then we had time to to, to do a little extra garnish on the grill and have a pre-team meeting as far as who was going to do what and where. So, you know, the, the one thing that really separates the Memphis and May, I mean, there's a lot of things that separate it out from, I guess, w- what most people will be familiar with as far as barbecue competitions are concerned, or is this on-site judging. Do you work off a canned presentation, or are you impromptu? How do you handle that deal? You know, there's a little bit of it that's impromptu, and that's really just based on the feedback, the visual, uh, you know, nonverbal feedback that you get from the judges. Um, but most of it's pretty canned. I pretty much say the same thing every time. I throw in a couple little things, um, you know, every time. But usually it's pretty well canned. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I have props that help me along the way. Um, you know, we spent a certain amount of time on the grill describing the grill and the charcoals and the woods and the thermodynamics of our cooking process and then with the, showing the meat on the grill. And then we moved to the table, the judge and I, and a couple of other teammates actually pulled the meat and garnish the meat on a tray and bring it to the table while we're talking about rubs and while we're talking about trimming and injecting and things like that. And then we pull bones in front of the judge. Uh, after we pull the bones, we give the judge always a specific piece of bark on top of the Boston butt section of the shoulder. And then um, we give them a little bit of sauce at that point to get because we give them a piece out of the middle of the Boston butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we give them a piece off the top of the, of the picnic that has bark all over it. And then we give them a piece out of the middle of the picnic. And then we finish, we actually we bring in, when we introduce sauce, our sauce maker makes our comp sauces, Richard Lackey. And he describes in vivid detail the sauce-making process, what makes the sauce different, why it complements the flavor of the meat so well. And then with the very last piece we give them is actually a, a piece of the pork brisket that's still attached to the shoulder. And we give them a spicy version of our sauce with that as a finisher, and it takes, usually takes them over the top. What do you think the judges are looking for in on-site presentations? What separates the winners from the rest of the pack? I think they're looking for confidence. Uh, they're looking for confidence that that cook knows what they're talking about. Um, you know, not not just in what they're saying, but they're they're not their body language and how they carry themselves and how confident they are. Um, a lot of it has to do with comfort. You know, whether you're selling something to someone or whether you're presenting something to someone. People buy from people that they they like and they're comfortable with. So I think a lot of it has to do with how comfortable you make that judge, whether it's just in the area and personal appearance or whether it be just in the conversation. You know, sometimes I have a ch- trouble reading a judge, and I'll just talk, look at them, and I'll say, "Hey, you just want to have fun, or you really want to hear about all this, uh, all the <laughs> the temperatures and times?" And you know, sometimes I'll go, you know, they'll say, "You know, I know about all that stuff. Let's just sit down and have fun." And we'll take it down a different road, but we'll only do that if we just see it going south. Mark Lambert joining us here on the show, recapping the big win at Memphis in May this past weekend. Mark, you beat out Big Bob Gibson's, you beat out Rebel Roaster Review, now you go against the shed and the whole hog, and high life on the hog for ribs for the overall call. Let me ask you something, let's take it back just a second. You know, you've been to this event a number of times, you've won it a couple times, you've won the pork shoulder, you know, four times or whatever. You've seen how dominant Yazoo's Delta Q has been, especially over the last you know three four years. Were you surprised to not be going up against them this past weekend? I was surprised. I, I was honestly yes, yeah, surprised that she got second. I had expected uh, Melissa to, to get first place. Um, uh, to see the shed take first place in Hog was incredible, especially since we're kind of on the same team. Uh, it's the, the shed us and Boar's Not Out and the NBN circuit are on we call Team Compart, so we're. We're cooking a very similar product. Um, the fact that they beat out uh, Yazoo's 
and whole hog was, I mean, that was a big deal. It's as a big a deal as us beating big Bob Gibson and shoulder. Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, do you think it's harder to win Memphis and May with shoulder or ribs than it is for whole hog? It's, it's harder to win it with ribs than anything. Shoulder and hog sort of alternate. It seems shoulder has been very dominant in the past five years. Um, I'd say in the past 10 years, more dominant than, than whole hog. But it seems to alternate. You'll win a couple of years in shoulder, two or three years in hog, two or three years in shoulder. But ribs haven't won the overall at Memphis and May, it seems like, since 93 or 90, maybe 90. No, it may have been 98 or 97. But it's been a number of years since rib has won overall. Kind of really shows you how great of a pitmaster Mike Mills was when he was doing it, right? Absolutely. When they won so many times. I think the last uh, overall win at Memphis and May with ribs was Pyro Pigmaniacs. Uh, and that was George Holder. And I think he's won it. I know he, I think he won it twice. Right, Mark, so let me ask you to choose between your kids, right? You've won it now twice. Is this better than the first time? Is the first time better than the second? Can they not be compared for each, or are they loved equally for different reasons? I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, I think almost equally for different reasons. Um, uh, the first time, because there it was the first time. You know, something we were striving for. We had been in the hunt two times, two or three times before, and and you know had been ousted. And that first time was was just like finally, we finally did it. Um, but that year, you know, we had a couple of people that said, "Well, you know, you really didn't have any competition that year, or, you know, anything." This year, um, we had some serious competition in finals. So uh, winning it this year, you know, you, no one can ever say we, we weren't in it with anyone else. We we like butted that. heads with some big boys in this year, um, and also this year it just seems like barbecue is a little bit bigger than it was in two thousand nine. It's grown, the industry's grown. There's a lot more awareness. There's a lot more enthusiasts. Barbecue is just a bigger thing than it was in 2009, so it seems to get a little bit more recognition this year. It's great. Do you have a bunch of other events planned for the year, Mark? We do. Uh, two of them came with the win. One of them is uh, the Jack, of course. Um, the other one will be the Kingsford Invitational in New York on Veterans Day. Um, we got one in two weeks. is a KCBS contest, actually, the Variety Club here in Memphis. Uh, two weeks after that, the uh, Hernando Shrine Club at KCBS here in Memphis. Uh, we've got uh, an event planned. Uh, we're going to Murfreesboro, uh, Illinois, and cooking a Mike Mills contest. Um, also going to cook uh, down in Yazoo City, Mississippi, uh, at the U-Bonds contest down there and Fire and Feast. And uh, actually going to South Dakota, cooking with a good friend of mine that was in my cooking class in January, Spearfish, South Dakota. Going to cook up there. Um and then there's a KCBS contest in Memphis in October we're going to do. And then we've, there's a couple of MBNs real close to Memphis, uh, one in Arlington, Tennessee, one in Covington, Tennessee. So we've got a pretty full schedule this year. It filled up quick. Mark Lambert is the pitmaster for Sweet Swine O' Mine. Currently, they're the Memphis and May World Barbecue Champions. Got to give the air horn for that, of course. Uh, Mark, appreciate the time uh, tonight for kind of recapping the whole event this past weekend. Uh, continued success. You really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is. Mark Lambert. Again, the website, uh, by the way, if you want to check it out, because he, he does sell. Yeah, I'm not up there. Uh, he does sell like smokers and rub sauces and pretty much anything related to barbecue. 
S S O M like Michael S S O M D dot com S S O M D dot com. There is your Memphis in May World Barbecue Champion. Wow, he said it, man. I mean, can you imagine being the guy that wins Memphis in May with ribs? Let alone being the guy that beats Big Bob Gibson's in shoulder to get the win for Memphis and May. And it's not even the first time. Look, folks, come on. Uh, I don't bring, uh, you know, Part B to the show, right? Ain't nobody got time for I don't bring Part B to the show. I bring the A game, pal. That's why we got people like Mark Lambert on. There you go. I think, uh, I think Chad Lee Von Ward might have had uh, Mark Lambert on a little bit earlier this season. Is that true, Chad? Answer honestly. Don't lie like I know you want. Did you? Uh, did he give you the nugget of tent foiling? Tent foil. I. You know what? When I cook for the masses, it's a half pan and it's foil. Like after two and a half hours, and I'm cooking like at three twenty-five or three fifty. That's not barbecue. <laughs> anyway. Folks, let me talk to you quickly about the longest-running sponsor of the show, the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic temperature control devices. Look, I talk to you every week about how convenient they are, how if you're a busy working professional or if you're a parent with multiple kids and you're doing errands all the time, this really saves your ass and allows you to eat barbecue but not have to be around the cooker in order to make sure that these pit temperatures are being controlled correctly. It does it all by itself with microprocessors and temperature gauges and little blower fans and all that stuff. I know, very technical. I don't know if you followed all of that. Let me tell you something else. Did you know that the Barbecue Guru makes one of the most successful barbecue pits out on the market right now? It's called the Onyx Up. Now, it might be kind of smallish in stature, but it is big on the results, whether you are traveling the competition circuit or whether you're just a backyard hack like me looking to jam a lot of meat into something that's a little bit more size-friendly, footprint-friendly, if you will. Of course, you know it's going to go absolutely smoothly with any of the automatic temperature control devices that the Barbecue Guru happens to sell, whether it be the CyberQ Wi-Fi or the NanoQ or... Uh, the Party Q, which is your easiest point of entry into automatic pit temperature control device world. This Onyx oven, fully insulated, it holds half and full pans. Uh, if you're going to be catering or if you're going to be holding a lot of food at a competition, this is one that you have to check out. You know, if you're looking at Backwoods, if you're looking at Spice Wine, if you're looking at Pit Maker, if you're looking at all of these vault style cookers, you're doing yourself and your family a disservice. If you're not checking out the Onyx oven, you can do so by going to the website. TheBBQGuru.com. That's TheBBQGuru.com. Or you can call them 800-288-GURU. That's G-U-R-U. And they will help you get you outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Here he is. Uh, Hall of Hall of Fame. Barbecue legend Ray Lampy saying the party cue is awesome. Of course. You know why he's saying that? Because it runs on AA batteries and you can pretty much take it where it's, it's all in one. It's its own unit. Unit. All right, we're coming back with Derek Riches and a lot more of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Hang on. Good. 
it in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, Moonshine Band, Suburban Respectors. Let's go! I'm an outlaw, give me two shots. We don't need a radio, bring a jukebox. For my outlaws, bring me three shots. We can raise hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. I hate it when you don't turn up the mic. Anyway, uh, we are doing the uh, Operation Barbecue Relief fundraiser tonight for these two hours. Uh, the official PayPal address, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Uh, if you have a PayPal account, send money to that address. Any monies we get, we will forward over to Operation Barbecue Relief to help support their efforts that are going on in Oklahoma right now. All right. Uh, Don Geiger has just donated. Look at you, Don. It's a good guy. Thanks to Mark Lambert for joining me this past segment. Oh, no. Look what I just did here. Now i got to get back in. I just closed out uh, Derek's notes. You know me. If I don't have my sketchy notes, uh, things could go downhill very quickly. Uh, but luckily, uh, through the magic of Google, they show right back up. All right, so let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back monthly contributor to the show and the guy that runs bbq.about.com, Derek Riches, joining us here on the show. Derek, how are you, bud? Good. How you doing, Greg? Doing absolutely fabulous, Derek. Always appreciate you making time for the show. And a lot of different things that we're going to be getting into this evening, not the least of which is obviously I don't know how to turn up the volume on my microphone, as everybody was telling me, because they see my mouth moving and they hear nothing, which could be a benefit to a lot of people, but they still have to see me. Different story for a different day. Uh, what did you uh, hear through rumblings about Memphis in May? I know you weren't there, but did you hear anything that might have went down that's kind of like insider scoop? Uh, no, you know, I really haven't talked to anybody about it. So, uh, um, sorry, I got no... Uh, out of sight, out of mind for Memphis and May and Derek Riches, right? Well, I wanted to be there. I, I kind of watched what was going on on Facebook and stuff, but uh, um, no, I haven't really talked to anybody about it yet. All right, uh, Derek Riches joining us. Of course, you can find him at bbq.about.com. And the first thing we're going to be talking about tonight is this thing called a ribalizer. Ribalizer, um, is this something that should not be confused with something called a ribolator? Uh, yes, definitely not to be confused with the Ribolator. All right. Uh, so what is the Ribolizer? Well, the Ribolizer is basically, it's, it's, it's a rib rack. It's designed for those people who have gas grills, who don't uh, know a whole lot about barbecue, and who don't uh, want to take the time. It's a, it's a, it'll hold about six racks of ribs, and you put the rack into a disposable aluminum steam table pan. You put some liquid in the bottom of it, spice up, season up your ribs, put them in this thing, uh, and put your gas grill on. Throw wood chips in your gas grill to try and produce some smoke, which we all know is problematic at best. Um, and uh, after about 45 minutes, you put a top on it, you let it run for another hour and 15 minutes. In two hours, you have six racks of ribs. It's just that easy. 
Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward process. And uh, is this something that you have toyed around with? And if so, uh, what kind of a result are they producing for you? Yeah, I, I cooked up a couple racks of ribs about a week or so ago with it. Um, I'll put it this way. You're not going to win a competition with it, but if but. It, it certainly beats – uh, you know, just throwing ribs on your on your gas grill and then trying to contend with flare ups or trying to you know get them cooked easily. Um, it's uh, it, it, you know it, it works. It does what it claims to do. It produces a decent up to six racks of ribs in two hours, and it does a pretty good job of it. All right. So, does it have to meet a certain size requirement for a grill? Do I have to have you know like a, a Genesis three burner type size thing or? Will it fit on, you know, the smaller versions as well? Uh, no, you're probably going to be after looking at a, about a three-burner gas grill, fairly standard size for it. Um, the, uh, you know, the smaller two-burner grills, that sort of stuff, this isn't going to work on. Um, so, yeah, you got to have a decent-sized gas grill for it. Well, evidently the word ribalizer is causing all sorts of double entendre in the chat room, if you can believe it, because, you know, central lights are not perverted at all. Uh, what kind of a uh, price point are we looking at for a ribalizer? Actually, you can buy the thing with four pans, just uh, four of the disposable pans for twenty five bucks. Really? Yeah, that's kind of what really impressed me about it is that it's a really decent price, and they'll just ship it straight to you. All right, so uh, simple enough, and this is can be found at ribalizer, which is R I B A L I Z E R ribalizer. Dot com. So, uh, you know, if you guys are kind of wondering what it looks like, uh, head on over to that website while Derek and I are talking. And if you uh, feel so inclined, go ahead and purchase one or two. We are obviously unpaid spokespeople for this. So if it looks interesting, I guess go ahead and try it out. And then, of course, let me and Derek know how much you love a ribalizer rib. Uh, next thing, you've kind of termed it the pellet grill roundup. Uh, you know, what are we looking at? Of course, uh, I'm always interested to find out about this uh, black olive pellet grill, which is almost combined to pellet grills and uh, ceramic cookers all in one. Right. And, you know, we, we have talked about it in the past and I found out something interesting. I was talking to a person who had it, who's been, you know, has been using one for quite some time. They've had it for several months. I'm still trying to get mine in the shop here. Um, and they were really impressed by the fact that it seemed to produce virtually no ash whatsoever. Really? And that got me thinking. So I started asking some questions and, Basically, the design of it, you know, since it's a Komodo-style unit, the fire pot's right in the very bottom, right in the very center, and the vent is directly above that. So what's happening is is the ash is coming out of the fire pot. It's coming up through yep. the unit. It's sticking to food. And, oh, no, uh, it is? might be making it out the vent. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, is it collecting on the food? So, like, are people are noticing, like, a visible collection of ash on their food? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple of people say that they're seeing some, uh, there's ash deposits there going on. So knowing the, uh, what I would call a tenacious bulldog of a journalist that you are, uh, have you already started pitching questions back to Black Olive about these, uh, feedback of uh, ash coming on the food because of how it's kind of being venting and, and being drafting out there? Um, yeah, and I'm trying to get a straight answer from and it's not happening so far. Um, <laughs> And Ray just pointed out in the chat room that somebody's had a pretty good-sized grease fire with it. And that is the problem of, you know, the limitation is kind of design, where you have, you know, high-temperature pellet combustion taking place directly below where your food is. Um, that can be a problem. All right, so I guess where I 
blacked out in our com- previous conversations about the black olive is I was under the impression, or perhaps I wasn't blacked out yet, but I was just kind of caught up in the traditional makeup of a Pelligro, which is hopper, auger, fire pot, and then some type of a diffusion plate mechanism. Um, you know, like on the Gorilla, it's got that you know, round, heavier-duty metal thing that kind of sticks out to capture that intense heat and spread it out. Uh, and all the other pellet grills have some type of a similar setup. This is direct, directly over the fire. No, pot. no, it, it, no. It's not really direct. It's not direct heat with it, but it um, there is a diffuser. But there is an air path around that diffuser, and any drippings that are coming down. I guess I have to look into the grease fire issue here. Hmm. Uh, maybe Ray can tell me who he's talking to at some point, and then. Um, you know, see what's going on with that. That's why I'm trying to get my hands on one of these to see what's what the issue is. Yeah, I would love to uh, kind of get a, a first-hand account on how much ash it is actually putting on the food as well. The grease fire is one thing, but if you're going to be consistently cooking with the products leaving ash on your food, I can't imagine that's uh, something that's going to be leaving a good taste in people's mouths. No, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, uh, what is the new Madeira pellet grill from a company called, is it Kuma or Kuma? It's Kuma. Uh, and they've been around for a long time. They do pellet stoves, all sorts of stuff like this. So they have now entered into the pellet grill category with the Madeira pellet grill. This is a $2,000 unit. It's a oh. rear hopper, and um, one of the features it has, and this is you know kind of brings up some of the legal issues too, is you can pull out a diffuser plate from the side of it, uh, it'll just kind of slide out and give you a direct uh, grilling space. Okay. And they're promising 800-degree searing temperature sort of thing like that. Uh, but, you know, Ed Marin claims up and down that he's got the patent on direct on direct grilling on pellets. So since he's in league with, uh, you know, the, what is it, Iron Stoveworks, uh, you know, that we'll have to see what happens with that because a number of these people have been kind of coming up and saying they can do it, but Ed's saying no. Doesn't uh, Mac Grills have a a direct over fire pot option as well? Yeah, Mac does, and so does Memphis. And both of these, or or all of those people then, would technically be in some type of a patent infringement violation? I don't, you know, one thing is there's too many pellet grills out there right now for the market space, and there's a lot of patenting and a lot of trying to jump in and jump all over everybody and there could be some fighting going on it could get interesting yeah absolutely um have you been able to see one of these madeira pellet grills in person or do you have them uh they are just now hitting the market right now and um i've got a call into them so i'm hoping to get one to me here soon all right and then uh, the next one that we were going to be talking about is the bob grillson is that the name of the grill yeah, the very unfortunately named Bob Grilson. Not Bob Gibson, and, Bob Grilson. Yeah. Now, if you imagine for a moment what you think this might look like, you're completely wrong. This is a German product. Oh. Um, it's extremely high tech. It has temperature ranges between 120 and 930 degrees. It is all indirect. It basically, what it does is it pumps the pellet combustion through a kind of afterburner to produce much, much higher temperature. And they've put one on the balcony of every single room at the Marriott Marquis in Dubai. Wow. So um, this is a $7,000. Oh, come on. 
pellet grill. And a company in California has just licensed the um, the right to begin manufacturing in the United States. It's uh, it's it's an amazingly designed piece of engineering. Um, and they're not returning my calls at the moment, so... Yeah, well, I don't know if they're going to be in such a rush to send you a $7,000 pellet grill to try out. Well, I think it would be a good idea for them. Yes, uh, Derek, I couldn't agree more. Send me one, too, by the way, uh, while we're at it. Is that going to be... I mean, that's $7,000 German engineering type stuff. Is it going to be more here? Will it be less here? Will it be the same amount here? Right. The the number I've heard right now is seven thousand dollars, but they're there. You can order them in the United States, but um, the the U.S. manufacturer hasn't started selling them from the facility here yet, so that price could change. He's going to sell four of those grills, right? Seven thousand uh, dollars. I don't know. I don't know. Does it? I, have, mean, I know a guy who sells a twenty thousand dollar gas grill, and he sells tons of them. Does Does it also have exceptional like space? Can you accommodate no, cows it's, on it? It's a very typical size. Very typical size. Uh, Four hundred and thirty primary square inches primary wow. cooking capacity. All right. So the guy that buys this uh, has what we uh, term in the business "fuck you" money. Yeah, basically. Wow. Yeah. My my pellet grill. More than that, actually. My pellet grill is way bigger than my penis. And this is why I have a $7,000 pellet grill. That's, that's that guy, right? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Good. All right, so... But if they want to give me one, I'll take it. Of course, absolutely. Everybody's taking <laughs> one, but the $7,000 cash lab is a little bit different. Um, yeah. We've got a couple minutes left. I wanted to touch, this, uh, touch on something with you here real quick. Is uh, charcoal lighting equipment obviously you know that conjures up lighter fluid or paraffin cubes or charcoal chimneys what did you have specifically in mind well you know i saw your uh, interview with the barbecue dragon guys yes. last week yes kickstarter and yeah with the kickstarter program and they're they're they seem to be getting increasingly desperate they're about forty five thousand dollars away from their kickstarter bid money and they've got like 10 days to pull it off in yep um and and i think that you kind of hit upon the point pretty clearly is that this is a big kind of largely plasticky thing that you're going to stick in your grill. Um, but this is, you know, you have a loof lighter, right? Yes, I do. Now, everybody loves loof lighters because they're really, frankly, they're really cool. Yep. And they work really, really well. And so a lot of people have been trying to kind of come up with something like that. Um, there's actually a number of little fan pieces coming out. Um, so I was looking into kind of some of these alternatives that have been coming along in the market, and I actually stumbled upon something I thought wasn't actually too bad of an idea. It's made by Stoke. They make uh, gas grills largely, gas and charcoal grills, big orange hood things. They sell them in Target. They used to sell them in Home Depot, and Home Depot gave up on them. Um, they've actually come out with a charcoal chimney with a fan attached to it. Wow. So uh, you put it in about three AA batteries in it, and um, you know it, it spirals the air through there. You know, it basically works the same way. You put your charcoal in, lights a piece of charcoal underneath it, a piece of newspaper underneath it. And once that gets going for a minute, uh, flip on the fan, and then you know you can get your charcoal burning in seven minutes instead of ten. Well, you know the thing that I find delineates Luft lighter from all of the rest is simply this. Uh, you know. The hindrance of Luftlighter is you need to have power. If you're going to take yes. it somewhere, you know, camping, or if you're going to be outside in your backyard doing a fire pit type of thing, 
you have to have the power to it. So you're either bringing an inverter camping, which you know isn't uncommon, or a generator or whatever, or you're running a big power cord out of your house or extension cord to get it working. But the thing that separates it from all the other things is this thing actually starts fires first and then also doubles as the blower. Right. And, and none of the other products do that. I mean, the other products might be more mobile or it's battery-operated or rechargeable batteries, but they don't start fires. Yeah, but there are a couple of knockoffs hitting the market sometime later this this year, so we might be back with those, uh, including one that has taken the loof lighter and they've put a light in the front of it. Well, it's always important to be able to see what you're lighting. Yes, I, 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 I agree with that, you know, because <laughs> if the loof lighter's not giving you enough light from the burning charcoal. Right. You always have to see what you're doing. Uh, we're talking with Derek Riches. You can find him at bbq.about.com, and we always appreciate the time he gives us every month. Derek, thank you so much, and we'll look for you in, believe it or not, June. Yep. There he is. See you then. Derek Riches. bbq.about.com. $7,000 pellet grill. Get that big stuff out of here. Uh, not my house. It's a lot of money now. Seven grand, Polly. It's a lot of money. All right, folks, uh, if you are like me, always, always trying to think of ways to step up that barbecue and grilling game, there's no better way. Simplify your life. Do this. Head right on to butcherbbq.com. That's right. Butcher's Barbecue. We all know them for the injections, the pork, the beef, now that prime injection. It's winning awards all over the place, helping people get perfect scores in brisket, winning brisket categories, all that great stuff. If you're looking for the go-to rubs and sauces, of course, uh, you know you can win here as well. you got the honey rub. you got the premium rub, which works hand-in-hand with the injection. It's formulated to work with the injections if you do that. And then, of course, the, the uh, Butcher's Barbecue Sweet Sauce, which I personally love. I would say get a bottle of six because it's not going to last in your house. The women are going to like it. The men are going to like it. You're all going to like it together. You're going to be spreading it on everything. Grilled cheese sandwiches, french fries, ice cream, you name it. And, of course, the shipping doesn't hurt either. $8.50 to $55. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, where are we at? Uh, items totaling up to $55. Ship at $8.50. 55 to $200 at $9.75. Anything over 200 bucks ships free. You head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and stock up right now. That's ButcherBBQ.com. And don't forget, if you have been trying other people's injections and you have been suffering in the scoring table, friends, you know, don't suffer anymore. Go on over to ButcherBBQ.com. Click on the trade-in link. It's going to be right over there when you get to ButcherBBQ.com. And then, you know, whatever amount you have left of your commercial injection that you hate, you know, past... You buy an injection you don't like, scores tumble, your friend want to punch you in the face instead of give you high fives, you're screwed. You're out that money. The wife is pissed. You could have took her out of the night on the town, whatever. Dave wants to get you back out of the doghouse, get you happy. You're an unhappy customer of another injection. He wants to make you a happy customer of his injection. So you print off the label, you send it to him, he'll weigh it. All ways are final by Dave, and then he'll, in return, give you back the pork, the beef, or the prime injection at your behest. Doesn't get any better than that. It's a no-lose situation. You're not throwing rub out. You're not throwing rub. You're not throwing injection out, and you're getting stuff that KCBS, IBCA, FBA, MIM cooks are using every week on those circuits and in the backyard as well. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. We are wrapping up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcast. 
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com if you want to jump in. Thanks again to Derek Riches for joining me. A lot of people asking about the name of the $7,000 pellet grill because I believe a lot of people passed out shit or went blind when they heard the price tag. German engineering or not. Now, Italian engineering? That's different. You know, we're talking Ferraris. Lamborghinis. Other such fast whatever. But $7,000 for a pellet grill, bro. That's a uh, pretty high dollar where I come. I know. I mean, I might walk around with seven thousand dollars in my pocket. That might be a good day, right? So we'll uh, follow up with Derek on that. See, uh, see what's what. It's called the Bob Grillson, not Bob Gibson. Bob Grillson, G R I L L S O N. Hey, look here, Dave Bosca just bumped in. Everybody, say hello to the celebrity that is Dave Bosca, Dave. Would you spend seven thousand dollars on a pellet grill? Seven, if it got up to nine hundred and thirty degrees, from one thirty to nine, from one eighty to nine hundred and thirty degrees. How arbitrary is nine hundred and thirty degrees? German engineering could have bumped it up an extra twenty degrees to give me to nine fifty. Nine fifty sounds better than nine thirty. Nine thirty sounds weak. Nine thirty. What time I get out of bed? That's the money I make before 8 o'clock, 930. It's called the Bob Grilson, folks. So uh, check it out if you want to. We also talked about the Madra Pellet Grill from Kuma. $2,000 unit, so more in line with what's going out there. Uh, Dave would buy the $7,000 Pellet Grill, but tell the wife it was only $249. That's why he's Dave Bosco, ladies and gentlemen. Honey, I know that the credit card says $7,000, but it was really only $249 getting a big rebate check back. Tell me when the big rebate check comes back, honey. Ain't nobody got time for that. I know that's right. Also, the black olive we talked about, which is uh, spewing dust, pellet wood particles all over the place. All right. Uh, We're going to reload for the second hour. Big announcement from Dr. Barbecue coming up. TV show. And a bunch of other great stuff. Stick around. We will be right back. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. 
Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate 54 wieners. Listen, Lavernius, shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working right now. Ooh. Top men. All right, just like that, we're in the second hour. Boom. Had to uh, refill the King of the Grill Turvis Tumbler rocks glass. Love this thing. You know me and Turvis Tumbler, right? It's two glasses in one. It's double walled. It's a cooler. It's a heater. It's guaranteed for life. If you don't like it, you send it back to Jupiter, Florida. They replace it for absolutely free. Thank you for coming. I like free. You like free? Free is me. What's the saying? Free is me. Absolutely. Uh, still to come tonight, Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. Next segment, also helping me close out the show, Brad Orson from The Shed. Brad. He can get loose now. Loose cannon. Nobody knows what's going on with Brad. Watch out for him. This is Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbara. Thank you, Jennifer Polymus. On the show next week... Jennifer Brand, who is the owner of uh, like Brand Marketing Solutions, but she's also the engineer behind Barbecue Marketing Masters. I believe that's the website as well, barbecuemarketingmasters.com. I'm actually going to be a part of that. This is going to be a one-day like telethon, tele, tele, telewebinar, teleseminar, is that what they call it? And you sign up, you get your passes. There's a limited amount of passes. Uh, myself is going to be on. Myself, I am going to be on there talking about how to give really good uh, radio interviews. You know what I look for as a host. How you should be preparing. How you need to talk with passion. You know, Mark was a great uh, a great example of being a good guest, talking with passion, talking with excitement, giving a good advice and tips and all that great stuff. I'm not going to mention people that would be the opposite of that. You know who you are. So head on over to uh, bbqmarketingmasters.com and get your pass if you want to. It's free. And you will also get, I believe, 10 days worth of archives after the fact. And I believe that uh, goes off on the, what date is that, 31st or something like that? Also, Cal Phelps, best of the best, and the uh, editor-in-chief of National Barbecue News will be joining me. Also, a little guy by the name of uh, John Marcus will be joining Barbecue Pitmaster. Lots of talk, a lot of rumors flying around that uh, Marcus is off the show now, so we're going to be able to talk to him about that. Of course, we have the uh, new series coming up here shortly. Uh, how is that going to differ from the last version that we saw in season? I forgot. You know, the good news is I think I've forgotten officially how many seasons we've had. Did we just get done with season five? Is this season six or is this going to be season five? Whatever. Uh, but there you go. So uh, Jennifer Brand, Cal Phelps, and John Marcus all set to go next week. Tune in for that, won't you? Uh, The Sam's Club series rolled into Marietta, Georgia this past weekend. There were other barbecue contests, by the way, other than Memphis and May. Uh, This was a local qualifier that feeds into the Hendersonville, Tennessee Regional. That will take place on September 14th. The top six teams moving on to the regional round. Coming in with a 685. I... TNT Southern Barbecue Grand Champion. 
Baking Reserve Moyers Competition Barbecue, um, losing by roughly you know almost eight points. So a pretty good ass kicking put on by a TNT Southern Barbecue. Major Q took third place. Southern Thunder Barbecue took fourth. Fat, drunk, and stupid barbecue. Because that's a great name. Uh, six sixty-five. So twenty points already between one and five. And rounding out the six, sneaking in, the guy that cost Chad Levon Ward his hair and uh, facial hair. Bubba Latimer Barbecue, sneaking in with a 660. That was like, uh, I'm sorry, that was a 20 point, 25 points separating, 25 and two tenths points separating first through six. So a pretty big discrepancy as far as Sam's Club is typically considered. Uh, but he get, gets in, you got to finish top six. So that's all the counts. You move on to the regional. Again, that'll be Hendersonville, Tennessee. Taking place on place taking place taking place on September fourteenth. Sam's Club is going to be taking a week off. Local qualifiers will resume June first in uh, North Charleston, South Carolina. North Charleston, South Carolina. That seems weird. That's going to be uh, part of the Hendersonville, Tennessee, as well. Uh, I think that will close out the local qualifiers, and then uh, you'll be waiting for the regional round after that. All right, uh, as promised, hot off the proverbial presses from the good doctor himself, making house calls, as it were. Wait, there we go. Got all blurry there for a second. The name of the show is called Smoked. It's a one-hour special. It premieres Monday, May 27th. So that will be a week from this past. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Destination America. Every year, hold on, I just want to make this, this isn't me writing up uh, the, the lead in here. I'm just reading off of what the PR hack sent to Ray, or this is what Ray wrote. But I've seen him write cookbook before, so I know he didn't write this. But just, you know, so we're, you know, aware this isn't my writing. This is not what I'm saying. This is just being put out there for public consumption. Uh, every year, pitmasters across the country vie against their peers for the title of Barbecue Pitmaster Grand Champion. But even with the belt in hand, there's still one more thing standing in the way of glory. The judges. There's only one thing standing in the way of glory. The judges. Get that big stuff out of here. Smoked gives a Pitmaster champion the chance to go tong to tong. Tong to tong. Tong to tong tong. Let me... Wait, wait. Oh, do I got it? Do I got it? Oh, I don't have it. Damn it. Anyway, uh, let me get back into uh, my announcer voice. Gives the chance to go tong to tong with the judges. And this special features three-time world barbecue champion, Byron Mixon. With help from his son, Michael Mixon, in a showdown to claim the ultimate in barbecue championship bragging rights. In the end, when the dust clears, one will be the victor, and the other will be smoked. And my voice is ruined for the rest of the evening. Thank you. Um, Alright, so I'm guessing... Uh, well, A, I think it's safe to say, under no uncertain terms, that Destination America has uh, cornered the barbecue television market. 
Uh, in the same vein, it is safe to say uh, mostly nobody gets Destination America. So you've cornered the market on something that a lot of people can't actually see. Okay, that's fine. And we're doing, you know, a lot of, you know, similar style competition cooking show with a lot of the same people. But that's fine. Um, so if you're interested, I, I don't know if this is just like a one-time show. Uh, Ray, you're in the chat room. Uh, is this a, one, a one-off show? Is this going to be like a series? Weigh in on the instant chat if you could. Um, Monday, May 27th. It's a, oh, it's a pilot. So actually the show is not about barbecue at all. It's about flying a plane. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Be sure to trip. Uh, be sure to tip Ray Lampy if you could, please. All right, May twenty seventh, which is Monday, nine p.m. Eastern. That's uh, six p.m. Pacific for you math challenged folks. And it looks like somebody is it. Ray, can you give us any more information? Like, is it a bunch of people going against Michael Mick or uh, Mike and Myron, or is it just uh, one one guy going up against it? There's obviously going to be judges there too. Um, so there you go. And, uh, we'll see who gets smoked. Also, uh, before we uh, dash off to break, uh, let me reiterate that we are running the, uh, Operation Barbecue Relief effort during this show, trying to raise as much money as possible. We have well over a hundred dollars right now, which, uh, in past fundraisers is uh, pretty weak. Pretty weak. Uh, in one fundraiser, we, we raised almost nine hundred dollars uh, for uh, type one diabetes for my cousin. If you uh, remember that last year, which we'll have him on again. Um, but we want to raise money for Operation Barbecue Relief solely. If you hit that link, if you go to PayPal, you make a donation. Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. All the monies that I get tonight will be in turn moved quickly over to Operation Barbecue Relief to help support the efforts that are going on in Oklahoma. You can't get out there to help if you're asking, what can I do? Don't like my post. I don't give a crap if you like the post. Don't retweet it. Go to the website and make the donation. 10 bucks, 25 bucks, something. Don't like it. I don't give a shit if you like it. Do something. Take action right now. Pay it forward. 10 bucks is going to be great for them. 5 bucks would be great. $155 would be even better. $7,000 would be succulent. Click the link, get out there, make a donation. Come on, second hour, let's really kick it up. I'll match anybody with a $100 donation. Any $100 donation, I will also do $100. There you go. Uh, We're coming back with Meathead Goldwyn here in just a second. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. You know, I did it this past weekend when I had the time uh, through all the softball tournaments that I was at. Did it last night for dinner as well. Cooked on my grill, my charcoal grill. I love to cook on my grills and smokers all year round. If you have a charcoal-fired cooking appliance, I encourage you to give Kebro Cardwood Charcoal a try for your next cooking session. Quite simply, it's one of the best-kept secrets around, used by award-winning barbecue competition teams and backyard warriors, just like me. Kebro Hardwood Charcoal, made from the natural hardwood trees without any additives. They only use high-quality wood for their charcoal. It's not scrap wood or any other wood waste or additives or anything like that. This is the real charcoal that humans have made for thousands of years. Now we've actually left the K's and we've moved on to the patios and decks to enjoy it fully. But all-natural hardwood charcoal performs significantly better than regular charcoal. It burns longer, hotter, produces lower amounts of ash, which I love. 
And the taste that it puts on your food is second to none. Visit this website, kebroke.com. That's K-E-B-R-O-A-K, kebroke.com, to find out more about this product. They ship to all continental U.S. states through Amazon.com. Check this out. Amazon offers free shipping on all of their bags, but the most attractive option is typically that 40-pound bag, which, you know, roughly, depending on what day or what time of day it is, is about a dollar a pound per bag. That's $1 per pound of high-quality hardwood charcoal that you can't find locally, and it's delivered directly to your door by Amazon.com. No more hassles of dragging bags through the supermarket, getting your cart full of dust, all that crap. And look, I have figured something out. One of my new favorite cookers, coming really from 50 lengths back and into the lead, if we're talking about horse racing. We're not going to be talking about horse racing. I can tell you that. Get that stuff out of here. Is uh, that pit barrel cooker, and I'm using the Kebroke charcoal in that all the time now. I'm going anti-pit barrel fuel, anti-pit barrel lighting instructions, doing it my way, and it is producing top quality grilled and barbecued food. It's a secret of Southern Miami for years, now ready for the world to enjoy. Kebroke.com. That's Kebroke.com. Kebroke charcoal. Crying out loud. Get yours now. This stuff is dense. Like my head. Meathead is next, and more for the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Hang on. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. You want to jump in? More than welcome to do so. Where? Oh, there he is. Jeez. I'll make sure I'm set for this guy. By the way, uh, Derek Riches just went in for 100, so I will be in for 100 as well. He took my 100. There you go. Now we're almost up to like $400. Good job. Good job. Good effort, like that kid used to say. All right. Uh, my first guest in the second hour is a show regular here. Typically, you'll find us having some type of spirited discussion about barbecue and grilling or beer can, chicken, or whatever it is. You name it, we cover it. He's also creator and the uh, the runner of the world's most popular barbecue and grilling website. Let's race over the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Meathead Goldwyn, joining us here. Meathead, how are you, bud? I'm great, Greg. How's the Cleveland Cavalier of Barbecue? Well, I'm doing very well, and I'm trying to figure out what is on your head, Meathead. Oh, it is uh, my French chef's hat. Oh, no. Meathead, is this thing on? I think I'm losing you. I think I'm losing you. It's It's a French chef's hat? Could it just be a chef's hat, or does it have to be a French chef's hat? I don't know. I don't know, Greg. You know, I always have to have some kind of goofy hat on for you. Do you know who you look like? You look um, like uh, you look Mr. like Tell. You look like Chef Tell. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's that's phenomenal. You got the beard. 
We've never been seen in the same room together. Well, I would I would venture to say that that would actually be true statement on your part, Meathead. All right, look, before we dive into the topic tonight, grill grates, have you tried, I remember uh, the last time I had Sam, the cooking guy, on, he mentioned Kewpie Mayo, and you said that you ordered some. Have you tried Kewpie Mayo, and do you have any type of a review? I did order some, and it right. hasn't arrived yet. You're kidding me. No, no. You know oh. what I did? I put Damn. it in my um, shopping cart at Amazon, and I wait until I get enough stuff in there so I get free shipping. Oh. So it hasn't shipped yet. It'll be here soon. Well, I, I do. I, I'm, I'm glad you raised the subject, though. I'm really anxious to try it. I, I, he was really on last uh, last month. I, his best show ever. You think? I did. Yeah, I thought I really liked him. I thought he did very well. A lot of people said that uh, they they thought he did very good. I think you will be happy with the QP Mayo. I think that it gets just a little bit. I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't want to say it's like a mustard taste. But I think there oh. is there is an overall better mouthfeel and a, and a more rounded flavor uh, that the QP Mayo brings than you know your traditional Hellman's or Kraft or, or whatever. Um, so I think you'll be very happy with that. But he also sent me this spice called uh, Togarashi, and it's also like an Asian spice. This stuff is unbelievable. You have to find this and put it over everything. It's phenomenal. Togarashi? Yeah, I've on. heard somebody mention it, but hold, I don't know. Hold on about one it. second. I'm going to go run and get it. Hold on one second. I, I never do this, <laughs> but I, I was so excited. Give me one second. <laughs> Come on, everybody, Dan. All right. There we go. Sorry about that. All right. Here hey, it Greg, is. Hey, Greg, I'm looking at your um, graphic. I can't see your ugly mugly. Shit. Hold on a second. Let me turn the camera on for that. Oh, wait. You don't see me? Uh, not on Skype. You don't? No, not in Skype. I, I can see you on uh, the uh, web page. All, right. All right. So look look on the web page. I'm holding it up right now. I closed the web page. Sh- shishimi, shishimi. That's all right. I don't have to see you. It's called Shishimi Togarashi. Everybody's seeing it right now. Um. This stuff is so good, and uh, it's it's a red pepper mix, a red pepper like uh, type of, of a mix. But it is so good, and what I found fascinating is with the QP mayo and this togarashi makes for a great easy dip, or you know you can kind of if you're going to put this mayonnaise over something, you can add a little of this togarashi. Anyway, we're getting way off track here, but I would uh, highly recommend that a you're probably going to like the QP a little bit more than you might think, and that this Togarashi is phenomenal. You need to try it. I'll send you a link uh, maybe after the show. I got the web page back up, so um, uh, show me what it looks like. All right, hold on one second. Here it is. This is the uh, Shichimi Togarashi. I'm going to have to get some. It's not very big. I've been playing a lot lately with um, flavored mayonnaises. I mean, you know, you can make your own mayonnaise from scratch, but... Um, if you uh, just buy good old-fashioned Dukes or Hellman's, you can mix in a few drops of sesame oil, and that really does some fun things. You can mix a little of your barbecue rub spices in there, does some fun things. You can um, uh, put uh, balsamic, um, uh, horseradish, and, and, and um, since mayonnaise is mostly uh, fat, uh, it's you know egg and uh, oil mixed together. Um, 
It makes a good slather for on top of fish. I've been playing with that. In fact, okay, here's a quick fun recipe for people to try. I took some Yukon Golds a couple of weeks ago and parboiled them a little bit so that they were partially cooked. And then I tossed them in a bowl with some of my regular Meatheads Memphis dust. It's a pork rub. And um, some mayonnaise, so that they're all coated in mayonnaise, and threw those on a grill topper on the grill. And they turned dark brown, golden, and crunchy, uh, almost like those coated French fries. Um, oh. Really neat, uh, really good tasting. Um, play with um, coating things with uh, mayonnaise. Uh, I can't wait to get my Cupie uh, now. Yeah, I think you're going to be very happy with the Cupie. All right, so Memorial Day almost upon us, which... Mm. <clears throat> For many Americans, signifies the beginning of the socially acceptable outdoor cooking experience. Of course, we know better. Grilling for most, barbecue for others. But in any event, they both utilize some kind of grill grate, which happens to be our discussion tonight. So, you know, how how should we open up discussion on grill grate? I mean, really, could, could it be like one of the most overlooked items for a barbecue pit or a grill? Yeah, and you know, usually when I am on your show, we talk about latest research or some experiments, and I focus on data and science. Tonight, I'm going to venture heavily into opinion, um, and I'm going to be, not surprising to most of your guests, contrary to common uh, wisdom. Here's my thinking about grill grates. They're the surface upon which things cook, and since metal absorbs energy and holds it better than air does, um, when you put something on a grill grate, it marks the food. It brands it. It's like a branding iron. So you get these grate marks or grill marks on the surface. Well, I mean, if you're doing a pork shoulder or, uh, or even a steak for that matter, what you, you don't want a crosshatch on the surface. Now, I know a lot of people really like grill marks on the surface of a steak, but I I feel like that those grill marks are really dark Maillard effect caramelized meat surface, and they're the flavor that I like the best on a steak surface. So all the stuff in between, all the little diamond shapes in between, the interstices between the grill marks are really meat that hasn't lived up to its potential. I want my steak to be an even, straight color, dark gold, dark brown mahogany color, edge to edge. And certainly if you're doing a pork shoulder or something like that, you want your bark. You don't want um, marks on the surface. So, I mean, ideally, if we could suspend the food in air without touching the metal surfaces, that would be the best solution. The next best thing, I think, is a very, very small grate. Now, everybody raves over cast iron and these big, fat, thick. And the thing about cast iron is, is it really holds heat. I mean, it's a great frying pan. It really, it, it absorbs heat. It's heavy. It's thick. And it retains heat. So food that gets on it, it's like being on a frying pan. It sizzles. And it really gets a dark brown. But again, you're not getting the area between the grates. And if you're not careful, you can go black, which is carbon, and that's not all that tasty. The other thing about um, cast iron that I'm not fond about is there a pain in the the butt. Sorry. Um, 
they're a pain in the butt to maintain. They get rusty. You have to oil them. If you forget to oil them, you come back, they're all rusty. I don't want rust on my chicken. Um, so I'm just not a big fan of the cast iron grates and even the enamel-coated cast irons, which are you don't have to clean, but you still have the heating properties, that heavy bulk mass um, that really heats up and 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 scars the surface of the meat, well, leaving me, much of the meat untouched. Let me interrupt here just for a sec. Yeah. Um, I used to when I first got into you know the, the barbecue and the grilling scene. Uh, I got my first Weber, and that Weber came with the PCI or the porcelain coated cast iron mm-hmm. grates, and it was like all the rage back then. And I was like, "Wow, okay, this is great. And like you said, it, it took a little longer for the grill to heat up because the grates are sucking up all that heat initially until they get hot enough to kind of pass through. And I was like, well, I don't want raw cast iron because like you said, you know, a, a perceived pain in the ass. And look, if you stay on top of it, I think raw cast iron is a pretty good cooking service. But the minute that thing gets a little bit of rust, it's almost like cancer in a sense that it's almost impossible to stop once it is on your cooking surface. So that's why I always say at the end of every show, if you cook on raw cast iron, season it each and every time, blah, 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 blah. The porcelain-coated cast iron grate, I think, has an inherent flaw, which a lot of people might not consider, which is this. When you clean it, it has to be with that soft uh, brass bristle. You can't use a broiler brush on or anything heavy-duty because you'll take that porcelain coating right off of it, and now you're screwed. You've lost it, or it's chipping, or it's leaving on food. I think porcelain-coated cast iron, way overrated. I have to agree with you. Um, it, it, the other thing is, is if you if you drop it, it can crack and craze, and then it can start rusting. Um, my, my, I've settled upon thin wire stainless steel. Um, it, 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 it is not so thick that it creates these big fat grill marks. And if I keep moving the meat around, I can get an even brown surface. I can get that whole surface. Um, fully developed, fully browned, and really crunchy. I can get a crust, and that's what I wanted. Uh, what I want when I'm doing a steak. Um, so um, the big, thick stainless steel ones have very similar properties to cast iron, but uh, in that they retain a lot of heat. But um, uh, I don't want that. I, I, I want I want to float the meat in midair, and the next best thing is a thin wire. Now, the really El Cheapo. Chrome-coated grates that you get from, you know, when you buy your cheapo grill, like the Weber kettle and stuff, really meets the bill. The problem is is that they the coating flakes off so easily and they rust. And, uh, of course, they're cheap oh. enough to, repl- to replace quickly. But, you know, they do the job, too, for me. Um, I, just, I just want them out of the way. So what it almost seems like is if there was some way, well, A, if we could devise a system, almost like a hook system, where we could kind of latch on the stakes to either side, hold it up over this high heat, and then uh, be able to almost kind of turn it. It's almost like that Meadow Creek chicken cooker in a way. I'm it has those handles. Willingham's uh, device. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you know something like that where you can uh, allow that whole browning to take place on the steak. So that would be key number one. But what about like uh, almost like some type of a flat top that allows you know the wow. heat to go through? 
And then I know we're getting into this whole crazy discussion of flat top isn't grilling, uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. But, you know, if we're talking yeah. about just getting the brown on the meat, that almost is like a, a bird with uh, or two birds with a stone. Well, we, you know, we haven't touched upon a grilling surface that I think many of your uh, listeners know and love, and so do I, and that is grill grates with a capital G. And these things, um, in case your readers are not aware of them, these are cast aluminum that are extruded, and they have these rails. And then they, between the rails, they have valleys that are solid. And um, we'll talk about cooking them the normal way, but if you have grill grates... Flip them upside down. Now you've got a perforated, solid, cast aluminum surface that has the best features of a griddle, a flat surface where the meat is in contact with a hot surface, and it has holes so that the combustion gases from your charcoal or your gas grill can get through and flavor the meat. And I do a lot of burgers on those upside down. Um, uh, the, the, the problem is sometimes if you cook a lot on them right side up, they build up crud on the bottom side. So you got to burn them off and scrape them clean. But, uh, uh, upside down grill grates are really good for that sort of thing. Do you uh, tell Brad Barrett that you do that with his product? Yeah, he's, he's a little reluctant to get behind it. Um, because he's big, he's really fond of, um, the product that he made, right. He wins his grill grates win the steak cookoffs all the time, and a big portion of it is is because of grill marks. And you know we do eat with our eyes, and we are trained to to drool when we see grill marks. I'm trained by now to when I see grill marks, all I see is all that tan meat in between the grill marks, and I want it brown. But um, uh, you know I love grill grates for a hundred other reasons. Like I just did some asparagus tonight. And, you know, there's no more asparagus falling into the flames with grill grates. There's a million things when you're doing I, – I don't do kebabs on a stick anymore because aside from the different types of kebab holders, they rotate. They don't cook evenly. I like to roll the kebabs around and get them brown on all sides. A grill grate's really great for that. So that's a great surface. Great, 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 great. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that stuff. Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. You can find him, of course, at AmazingRibs.com. Uh, Meathead, since you're on, and I just read this here before I, I got you on, and I know you're kind of a, a TV or a barbecue TV buff. You, you write uh, for Pitmasters like for Huffington Post with your reviews and all of that great stuff. Destination America seems to now have a, a corner on the market when it comes to barbecue television. And as I said a couple minutes ago, it's kind of a good thing that a, a station has a corner on the market. However, it is Destination America. So, you know, I mean, it's uh, kind of, it's it's a win some way, a, a win not in another way. But have you heard about I this competition? I don't station anymore. I'm, or I, I never did. The only reason I was able to review it is I got to their PR people and I had them email me the program in advance so I could view it in advance, write my review, and then the minute the show went off the air... I could post it. That's the secret behind the big screen, there, folks. Have you heard? Um, have you heard about this new show called Smoked? No, haven't heard a thing, and I've kind of, kind of lost track of it all. I just decided I can't write a review of every issue. It's like writing about Mad Men every week. I, you know, I just can't write about every barbecue cooking show that is out there. I've, I really would rather write about cooking and uh, cooking utensils and stuff like that. 
this is going to be a show that is is pitting uh, pitmaster champions against, uh, I guess, the folks that would be perceived as judges. So you're having uh, Myron Mixon and his son, I guess, go up against somebody. Uh, they're being a little bit coy as far as if it's multiple teams, if it's not. Uh, Ray Lampy, I believe, is uh, going to also be a part of the show, I think, uh, maybe as a judge or something like I that. I hope so. Uh, I'm speculating. I don't know for sure. Um, Ray's fun to watch, man. But, you know, he's always great television. But you know, it kind of begs the question here uh, before we head out tonight. Barbecue continues to get on television. It seems more than not that the same barbecue people are getting on television, which leads mm-hmm. me to believe one thing. Uh, people are a little afraid to get outside of the box, or as much as we probably don't want to admit it to ourselves, there's a very small percentage of people that are actually okay and uh, relevant for television. No, nah, you know what I think it is? I don't know. It's like when they have The Bachelor, they take the first runner-up and make her The Bachelorette. They're trying to build personalities. They're trying to create characters. Like sitcom has characters, and you follow them. You become engaged with them. You're interested in them. And so they're trying to, you know, um, have the same characters come back time and, oh, I remember that guy from uh, yeah. the Food Network, you know. So they're trying to do that sort of thing. But... Um, since jumping back, since you say we're getting ready to close out, yep. we haven't talked about cleaning grill grates, and I I want um, uh, I want to touch on that briefly if we have time. Uh, quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Then we'll do the very quick version. Um, uh, paint scraper uh, brushes are really good. They hold their bristles in, and you really. I have a uh, an article on grill grates, and I have an art a separate article on cleaning grill grates on the website as usual but um i want to warn everybody you've probably heard about it in the news um it's a bigger problem than people realize and that is bristles from grill brushes getting lodged in people's throats and digestive systems and when you i went i started digging into this to see how big an issue it was you know is it like three people a year the town of providence rhode island um one hospital system with multiple hospitals in providence had six serious cases um, in one year. Um, so it's apparently a bigger issue than a lot of us think. Uh, there was a kid in Seattle who made a lot of uh, the headlines this year who got really sick because of it. Um, the answer here is is don't buy cheap grill brushes. And after you brush your grill, um, look carefully at the surface and maybe even wipe it down with a wet paper towel or a wet cloth um, there are a number of cleaning tech tools out there, um, uh, and I the, the, are, don't involve brushes. And I, I've got reviews of them. Um, there's some that's like a pumice stone. There's scrapers. Um, there's scrapers that wrap around the underside. Um, so uh, check out that, that those options. But be really diligent about this um, grill brush bristle issue. I have a hypothesis on this. No. Ah. This is people that are novice grillers. They do it maybe once uh, every couple months. They are seasonal grillers. And I think here's what's happening. Uh, you know, it's hard to find a really expensive grill brush that isn't going to deteriorate over time. Unless it's like, a, mm-hmm. you know, like restaurant quality. Like I have a, mm-hmm. a broiler brush. But I think they're cooking. And then at some point they are deciding to, uh, yeah, something like that, right? Uh, Somebody just sent me this monster. That thing is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Um, but 
So what they're doing is they're cooking, and then they're uh, they they might do like a, a next level of meat, and then they take the grill gr- the the grill brush and they grow back over it again, and then they start slamming food back down. So they're cooking like multiple times. But the biggest problem is none of these people are paying attention to their grill. Look down before you put your meat on, just like you said, and you're going to be averting a lot of the situation. People, I think, are cooking food, and then they're taking it off, they're grill brushing it again, and they're just slamming it down and not paying attention. I think uh, paying a little bit of attention is going to uh, keep you out of the hospital. Yeah, a lot of people just don't have a clue as to how to cook. By the way, I just picked this up. They came in in the mail this week. It's called thelastbrush.com, thelastbrush.com, because I know that... um, Competitors out there are going to like the big long handle. Oh yeah, that's it's awesome. A little scraper thing. I haven't used it yet. It's brand new. It just arrived, but it looks like it'll do the job. And the bristles look like they're in there pretty tight. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll definitely look for a review perhaps uh, next month on that after you have a couple swipes on it. It's Meathead oh, Gold one. What? One more thing. One more thing. Brief. Next uh, month. Briefly. June twenty first. Yes. Um, I'm cooking at an event called. Cigar barbecue here in Chicago. There's 11 <laughs> real chefs and me. I don't belong. I'm over my head. Most of them are like, you know, from uh, the TV chef competitions. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. They have three mixologists, 11 chefs, meathead, and um, it's all outdoor cooking. And uh, there's going to be a lot of creativity and cigars, lots wow. of cigars. Sounds like an awesome time. Cigarbecue.com. All right, cigarbecue.com. There he is. It's a, a Meathead Goldwyn, amazingribs.com. Uh, Meathead, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye-bye, Chris. Meathead. Amazingribs.com. All right, a little late for that. And it's a, he's a talker now. Talker. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about JP Custom Smoke. JPCustomSmoke.com. Uh, JP Custom Smoke happened to win grand champion at the event that he was at past weekend, by the way, in case you're interested. Uh, of course, that makes you want to rifle over to uh, jpcustomsmoke.com. And here's what you have to choose from. JP's Sweet Heat Chicken Rub, JP's Custom Blend for Pork, and brand new to the market, JP Custom Beef, JP Custom Smoke Beef Rub, helping uh, David Qualls take a 180 in brisket this week. American Dream Barbecue Team. Are you kidding me? Can't wait to get your hands on these flavors. I understand. Hit up jpcustomsmoke.com. Get yourself some. Pick up some for your buddies as well. For gifts and other such revelry, they'll be giving you high fives early and often. Uh, Don't forget, many other teams out there using the chicken product, using the beef product, using the pork product, and doing very well in competitions. Again, that website is jpcustomsmoke. That is jpcustomsmoke.com. And as I said, uh, with the brisket rub, I think American Dream Barbecue team has uh, like five brisket wins this year. Uh, they're in the top ten for brisket for KCBS right now for Team of the Year, and uh, they have two perfect scores at least. I think at least two perfect scores. JPCustomSmoke.com. You kidding me? All right, we're coming back with Brad Orson of the Shed. Talk about a little Memphis in May as well. A whole hog win. Stick around. I'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on King Brisket and Ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, uh, we are back. 877 448 
Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com if you want to jump in tonight. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn for joining us this past segment. Talking about uh, grill grates, grill grate safety, grill grate whatnot, how to clean your grill grate. We uh, hashed it out about stainless steel and cast iron and porcelain coated cast iron. I think porcelain coated cast iron. Uh oh. Oh no. All right. I told them the right time, right? It would be 9.40, right? 9.40 in the central time? Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't myself tried. Grill grates was the word that is just like running into each other. But there's the product that goes on top of your traditional grates that you get with your grill called grill grates. Uh, Brad Barrett uh, does those. So um, there you go. All right. Helping me close the show out tonight. A guy whom I was introduced to at the Kingsford Invitational Championship at the end of last year, a successful barbecue restaurateur, seller of succulent sauces, and by the way, brings energy like you have never seen before. Let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome the head shedhead, first time to the show, Brad Orson joining me here. Uh, Brad, how are you, buddy? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm doing that. Man, doing great. It is like uh, too long to finally get you on this show, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. You're right. But, hey, a world championship can do things for people. Hey, man, put you on the map, no doubt about it. So uh, a big weekend to uh, get your take on. We'll do that here in just a second, Brad. But for the folks maybe not familiar with the shed and and that whole deal, can you give us a little bit about you and how you got involved with the business? Yeah, I'm the founder of the shed. We're a little barbecue and blues joint down in South Mississippi. I've been around about 12 years competing for around 10 and it's a, a family food drinkery my got my mom and dad my little sister and brother and we're all on the payroll so it's a family family event every day brad orson joining us here on the show uh, the website by the way the shed bbq.com if you want to check it out here while we're talking you know, when the business started, Brad, did you guys have aspirations of getting into contests, or is that something that kind of evolved over time? We were open about two years before we got into our first competition, and uh, it was actually in Mobile, Alabama, a KCBS competition. And uh, we got really lucky because Food Network was there filming. And that was the first time that we got a shot at um, at television when it comes to barbecue. And it was our first barbecue competition. Granted, we came in 57th place overall. <laughs> so we just, you know, we thought that was cool. You know, we're on Highway 57 off of I-10. We said, okay, 57th. Well, the next year we went back to that same competition we cooked the best food we had cooked in our lives, and guess what? We came in fifth. So <laughs> we caught the bug, and we've been doing it ever since, for sure. No doubt about it. And you're not just obviously sticking with a you know a KCBS or you're this sanctioning body or that sanctioning body like some other teams. You are kind of spreading the competition love around, right? Definitely. Um, you know, we've done KCBS, um, was it ICBA? Uh, MBN, the old MIM. Um, yeah, we've, you know, we've tried to spread the love, see which one, you know, it is definitely a niche 
market though. You know, if you're really good at KCBS, then MBN usually isn't your game. We just try to spread it out, and you know, we've been we've been definitely successful when it comes to the uh, MBN because we get to put on a show. That's what we like to do. Brad Orson joining me here on the show. The shed, uh, the head shed head, the shed dot com. Uh, the ShedBBQ.com is the website. Uh, will the Shed do a lot of events uh, as far as competitions are concerned over the course of a year, or you just do like a, a few big ones? Usually do four to five big ones. And uh, this year we're hoping to get, I say this year, um, really in 2014 we're looking to nail down about 25 of them. So we're really going to hit the road for our first time on the circuit um, in January next year. This year we still we've still got about three that are tentative right now. I'd kind of like to get up to that uh, Kentucky Barbecue Festival and uh, one or two others. Is it mainly about exposure for the brand when you're out there competing, or do you really want to kick some ass and take some names out there? Yeah, we're there to you know we're there to number one kick ass and just like said take some names. Uh, you know, we always have a philosophy like if there's a hundred people in the competition and we come in ninety ninth, then that means somebody got their ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. One person did, no doubt yeah. about it. Uh, that was one person. So our goal is never come in last and uh and we also are there to for marketing. We definitely use it to our advantage. You know, there's thousands of people at all of these competitions and we're there to you know, hopefully get them in our barbecue joint one of these days. Brad Orson joining me here on the show. All right, so let's go back to this past weekend, Brad. The Shed offers a whole hog, which has been dominated over the last three years in a row by Yazoo's <clears throat> Delta Q. What was the mood like when you were told that you had made finals in the hog? How does the camp feel? Woo-hoo. Oh, man, I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And my second thought was, who else is in there? And when I saw Yazzie Dutchie, Melissa Cookson, I mean, the baddest girl in barbecue, when I saw we were going head-to-head, I said, man, this is going to be good. What kind of a hog was, What kind of a hog do you guys use? Is it just something that I can, you know, go run up to Johnny, the, the pig farmer, or is this something special? It's, uh, it's something special, but you can run up some Compart. It's uh, the Compart Family Farms out of Minnesota. And it's a Duroc hog that we cook for these competitions. So they say redder is better. But um, you can buy them. You can buy the ribs. Um, you know, every cut of these hogs, uh, you know, it's premium cut. So you got to pay a little bit more. But the Compart family, they do it right. World Championship Hog, they also sponsor uh, from Sweet Swine O'Mine, who yep. took the actual grand world champion, so we have the same meat sponsor, and also Compart Family sponsors uh, Boar's Night Out, yeah. team of the year this year. No doubt so about team it. Team of the year, World Hall, and World Shoulder Champions, Compart, Rock. So you make the finals, and it's like to uh, competition to a certain degree has started all over again. Uh, you guys cooking like two hogs for this context? Uh, do you cook more than two? How many do you cook? We cook two, and the way that we cook these hogs um, is they're in the standing position or the running position, pretty much. So we actually cut 
there's three on-site judges. So we cut one side per judge. And those are all three of the prettiest. Then that fourth side that's left is for the finals. So, but we always put the best food out first. So we're just dealing with what we got when it comes to finals. Brad Orson, go go ahead, buddy. uh, We just said, you know, we'll save food before like, oh, this is better. We'll save it finals. And then you never (laughs) final. And it's like, oh, so, always put the best food first. One of the biggest things to kind of master as a team, I would expect, is this on-site judging, you know, which doesn't happen in a lot of other sanctioning bodies. If you can't speak well, uh, you're probably pretty much screwed. Do you work off of a canned speech or, or some type of a deal, or is this off the top of your head? It's, you know, you got 15 minutes to make these judges believe what you believe about your product. And, uh, yeah, you definitely got to have somebody that, that can let it roll, you know, cause you want to make them laugh. You want to make them cry. You want to, you want them to leave like they're a family member and they believe that that is the best barbecue they've ever had. So it definitely takes a, uh, it takes, takes some energy, but I always go into it. Uh, we don't have like a canned speech or anything like that. I go into it and I try to, read the judge and see, you know, if it's raining outside or if it's muddy or if it's too hot, you know, we really try to find out where they're from, uh, try to connect with them as much as we can. Brad Orson joining me here on the show, the shed the website, if you want to check it out, uh, Brad, the shed has seen some time on TV over the years uh, and competition shows and the like. Does having that experience under your belt, having to do the retakes and having the camera in your face and producers asking you all kinds of stupid questions and meet deadlines give you an advantage when the pressure is on for the final round of on-site judging at something like a Memphis in May? Yeah, definitely. In a, a, we always say when we're, when we're about to have to get a box to, um, you know, man, we got to work on this. And it just means that we're, you know, we're we're presenting our food and our team and our persona as if we're going to be on TV every time. And we're not every time, but that's the reason why we've gotten lucky, because we present ourselves as if, hey, if there's a camera, guys, we're, hey, <laughs> we're over here. We're supposed to be on. So we've gotten really lucky. But we also grew up. I mean, my mom was a professional clown. So we grew up on sort of a stage so you're ready for that bright light when it comes to shine (laughs) exactly we never really think we are but when you get lucky and things just happen and you got your mojo working um you know you got to be there to win so we always show up when the category winners are announced do you think you had a real shot at getting through or is it hard to think like that when given the success of Yazoo's has had over the past three years in a row? I I knew I had a shot at it because our hog was so lusciously tender and juicy and perfect, and the skin is just beautiful color. I knew that we had a shot. I took, when we had all four of those judges sitting there, and we had the table decorated, and we always present on a huge cutting board, um, I took the whole shoulder off of this 
200-pound compart do-rock hog. The whole shoulder just came right apart, laid it on the table, and I promise you there was, I mean, two quarts of juice that just <laughs> poured out of the shoulder. Even the judges literally were like, oh, my goodness. It, um, it was surprising, and it was, it was awesome. So yeah, I, I knew I knew I had a shot, and I knew if it was the year, it was going to be this one. Is that a hog that is like, you know, once in a generation, or is that something that you think you could replicate, you know, every uh, couple months? We actually um, this hog, the hog that we got, or the two hogs that we had for this, they uh, 107 pounds and 194. So I think that's really our sweet spot. And cooking over 200 and going like 205, 210, but I'm really liking this 190 to 200 range. Um, so I know I can duplicate um, the hog in, as in the hog, but the cooking process and whether the air is dry or wet or if it's raining or what the temperature is outside, I can never, never... Um, you know, never guess what that's going to do. So it's always different. It's always kind of a crapshoot, but we know exactly what we did to that hog. And uh, we know the only thing we don't know is how many beers we drank, but we'll figure that out later. <laughs> no doubt about it. Brad Orson joining me here on the show. Uh, Mark Lambert from Sweet Swine Mine ends up winning the whole thing. Do you tip the cap at that point? Or is there something that you can physically go back to in the agenda and the cooking process and say, you know, we might have left a little something on the table there from winning it. What do you think? Um, not one of mine. I mean, there he's always been one of my barbecue mentors, and you know he's he's a badass. I mean, he won it in two thousand nine, and got to think about that shoulder category though. It was sweet swan of mine. Yeah, Chris Lilly. Yeah, and um, Rebel Roaster Review. All three of those guys other had won like nine world championships. So that category was a monster category. And you got Yazzie Delta Q in the show. I mean, I knew that it was going to be shoulder hog to take. I felt like my hog was the best. But yeah, you took the hat. I mean, he won it. He took it. We won our first in our category. And, uh, and also, we had the same meat sponsor, so it works out really well for both of us. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, as far as the overall sense, um, do, you, do you know where you guys finished out? I don't. I haven't seen them yet. Um, I just saw the preliminary where we came in. I think we took third overall. I think it was actually a rib team that took second overall. All right, so, I mean... With, I know... We lost. We lost the world champ. We lost to Sweet Swan of Mine by three tenths of a point. Oh my! Was that close? Yeah. Wow. Three tenths of a point, and Big Bob Gibson or Chris Lilly lost to Sweet Swan of Mine by four tenths of a point. <laughs> it's you know we're only we're only like six months, not even six months into this uh, competition season, and there's a, a number of competitions that have literally come to tenths, hundreds. Thousands of a point separating grand championship and second place. It's uh, it's pretty spectacular. It is. It's awesome. I mean, I'm waiting. You know, I'm waiting when the Olympics come up. I'm waiting to be in there because <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, they got a bunch of stupid sports, and you know what? Barbecue is not a 
and support. So I think we're in. Who do we need to call? Greg, you got to know somebody. Uh, man, you know me. I know top men in the industry, and I'm going to be uh, taking it to task starting tomorrow at 8 a.m. Look, Hell yeah. So, you know, whether it's second, whether it's third place overall, I mean, it's uh, this out of however many teams that you're finishing ahead of. Will you, as a businessman, at the shed, all your different locations, will you see a spike in receipts at the stores after a finish like this? Uh, or do those two worlds not really meet up in any sense? They definitely will because our customers that are on our Facebook and Twitter see that. And they go, oh, I've been selling people that for years. So it, we always see a good spike in it. Um, we had an amazing amount, I mean, like 20,000 hits on our website on Saturday after it was announced. Um, you know, could just, it's, it's barbecue. It's hot right now. I mean, people are paying attention to what we've got going on, and, and it's great. When I go to these competitions, I see all these people smiling and having time and they got their families out or their, their families at home and that's why they're smiling. Either way, it's like, it's really, really refreshing to be part of this barbecue world right now. Brad Orson joining me here on the show. He is the head shed head of the shed. The shedbbq.com is the website and they won the whole hog category this past weekend at Memphis in May. Brad, congratulations on the finish. Thanks so much for coming on tonight to talk about it. Really appreciate it. You got it. Keep it rolling. You got it. We're going to talk to him soon, no doubt about it. That's Brad Orson, the head shed head. And, you know, I say you're doing yourself a disservice a lot, you know. But the bottom line is this. If you have the opportunity to uh, hook up and and, and uh, talk to Brad or uh, Craig or his mom or his sister, uh, I met uh, his dad, Craig, and, and Brad at uh, the Kingsford Invitation. I mean, these guys are... Brad is, he can go all night, let's just say that, and uh, I would know that from first-hand experience. If you're going to play a slot machine with that guy, you have to spin it with your elbow, and we're not getting into that story. Absolutely not going to get into that story. All right, let's uh, kill the last read here, and then we will push off for this evening. Uh, This is going to be for Tasty Licks Barbecue, gang. You know, I talk about it all the time, right? Reliable, trustworthy online retailers. TastyLicksBBQ.com has got you covered in that regard. TastyLicks now carries Kamado Joe cookers, Meadow Creek cookers, spices, sauces, and accessories. Much of these items are in stock and ready to ship to you directly. Now, maybe you've been looking for these Oak Ridge brines and rubs. Have you been looking for the complete line of Plowboys rubs and sauces? How about the Smoke on Wheels products? TastyLicks has them all. It's your one-stop shop, right? Of course, you know by now that Tasty Licks BBQ is your big green egg headquarters, including many items for the egg you can't find anywhere else. And these big green egg items are in stock. You're not waiting for these. Also, Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply now carrying Harry Sue's new chicken rub, this particular rub, the same one that helped Harry win eight grand championships last year, as well as being the KCBS Team of the Year in the chicken category. Wow. Looking for injections. Tasty Licks Barbecue carries all the heavy hooders. Of course, my favorite, Butcher Barbecue, but they also carry Cosmos Q, every type of barbecue guru and their associated accessory. Tasty Licks is a Green Mountain Grill pellet dealer. And, as Fred says, right here on this show, they provide classes to the public. Sometimes it's Fred teaching them. Sometimes he's flying in some top men in the industry to do competition cooking classes. And attention teams. Attention teams. 
Casey Lakes, your competition headquarters as well. All supplies for competition teams. Pans in different sizes, aluminum trays, gloves, thermometers, turn-in boxes for practice. Make this your one-stop shop. TastyLakesBBQ.com is the place to go. So head on over now. Enjoy the videos that Fred puts up there on his page almost every week, and there's plenty to choose from. And don't forget, the Tasty Licks manufactures and sells their own line of barbecue rubs and sauces as well. You have to try them. When you order, drop Fred a line. Let him know you hear the show. Let him know you hear the spots every week and that you appreciate his sponsorship of the show. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're going to wrap up the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, 877-448-0433, Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Thanks again to Brad Orson from The Shed joining me. Recapping their whole hog win. Uh, don't forget, I'll link it up here one more time in the instant chat. Uh, spread that link around, uh, copy it, grab it, put it on your Facebook, put it on your Twitter. Email it out, let everybody know that we are running a little impromptu fundraiser for Operation Barbecue Relief for their efforts that they are doing in Oklahoma right now, helping out with all the uh, people displaced by the storms. Uh, horrifically tragic out there. Any monies that we get here at the uh, PayPal account, which is greg at com, will be immediately shifted over to the Operation Barbecue Relief folks. And, uh, of course, we appreciate what they're doing out there. So make the donation as much as you can. Uh, there is no too little amount. Can we say that? No too little amount. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we had Mark Lambert, Sweet Swine of Mike. He won Memphis and May this past weekend. He recounted his story. Phenomenal. Great guest. Then we talked to Derek Riches. The Black Olive is kicking ash up on your food. Bob Grilson is $7,000. Middle one seemed to be more, you know, middle of the road, I guess. And then we moved to the second hour. Meathead Goldwyn talked about real greats, like not the, the aftermarket product, but the, well, we did talk about that a little bit too. But uh, the actual uh, greats on your grill that you buy, how to clean them, different types, all that great stuff. And then uh, Brad Orson, the head shed head, closed out the show talking about their whole hog wound of medicine. Uh, if you have raw cast iron, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Reseason it after, after each and every cook. Uh, once you're done cooking, hit it with a grill brush as it starts to cool down. A little pan, a little Crisco, let it bake back in. Reseason it each and every time. Generations of rust-free service. I like raw cast iron myself. Also, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Don't forget, click on the link on my Facebook. Click on the link on my Twitter. Click on the link here in the instant chat and donate to the PayPal address. It will go to Operation Barbecue Relief for the efforts in Oklahoma that they are doing right now. I'll see you back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, it's your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.